from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. You're listening to live from the path. We're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. Yeah, we are. ProHipHop.com. <laughs> I'm gonna be cool like you guys that when you guys randomly do the the stand up shots on the show. I only remember standing up one time and I was getting in a fierce argument with Ben about eight years ago, <laughs> and I can't remember what we were talking about. But we had tried out a new lighting scheme in the studio where <laughs> all the lights were coming from below. And then, <laughs> It looked like a third, a third rent oh, Halloween. Man. It was horrible. Do you remember when we? So this, I, it had to have been the first, uh, maybe the first one or two ch- shows we did. Um, we had a musical guest. In, we, I think it was Jared. I yes. think we had Jared in, and we had to, we did this so terribly. It was the cheesiest looking thing. Uh, like Jared was being delivered by a UFO. Yeah, it looked like an X Files kind of thing. Oh man, that was terrible. Okay, we've upgraded. I realized after 15 seconds of standing up that that was not sustainable for me. No. <laughs> no. Nor was it a good idea because my Instagram feed or our Instagram feed had my face and then the Live for the Path feed had my belly. Oh. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's not what people log into their show to see. The live for if the it is, though, let us know. Hey, I got a question for you guys. So let's say somebody came up to you and let's say just randomly you're, you're putting, a, putting a roof on a shed. Okay. Okay. And uh, a neighbor from a catty corner across from you, you, your backyard to backyard, you and this cat. And he says, "Hey, uh, you're you're a Christian, right?" Oh, oh, all right. I said, I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, "What do you think of this COVID?" <laughs> <laughs> you're a Christian, right? <laughs> I said, well, I said, well, I said, it's uh, I seem to be of less risk of it up here on the roof. <laughs> Uh, and he goes, you're the coolest Christian dad ever, Ben. <laughs> and then he goes, he goes, yeah, but you know, we know, we know there's more to it, right? <laughs> so I had a guy what? try to sell this to me today. Oh. Okay. So I, I, so here's the thing. I think I know what he's saying, but what is he saying to me? I, so I, if, if I can tie it in with a conversation I had today, he goes, you know, uh, he, he goes, I'm not a big conspiracy man, but like there are some revelation type style things yeah. happening. Oh man. And I said. I got to be 100% honest with you. There are zero revelation style <laughs> things happening. No trumpets are blasting. There's not there's absolutely no tie in to the book of revelation at all. Uh, unless you are a an American and you believe that the covid is coming for you and you alone, uh the rest of the world has been under uh some type of uh, oppression for the last 2000 oh, years. Oh man. <laughs> yep. So uh yeah, there's zero Points from Revelation of which you should be tied to. That's yes, what, that's what he was getting. At. I think that yeah. was. I think it was end times conversation he was trying to bring out. Okay. Okay. Trumpets but, are blasting. Now settle this. Locusts folks. are coming. But, but, so first of all, where are people grabbing this from, and, and what are they trying to tie it to in the Book of Revelation, and how are they wrong? I would say that people are trying to grab it from not knowing the Book of Revelation at all, and they think they understand the concept. The Revelation is supposed to be about the apocalypse which they also don't understand, mm-hmm. and Armageddon, which they even less understand. Yeah, they have a, they have a broad sense of tribulation. Oh, okay. So trouble. Uh, hey, we got trouble. Yeah. So let, let's see if, we, if you can do some people some good today. If you were to name the top five misconceptions from Revelation and clear it up, that would help people understand the book of Revelation better. What would they be? Okay, Booba, let me trade. I'll trade with you, all right? I'll take the first one. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so I would say the first one is, is, that, is that the book is about you. 
Yes. Top well, top misconception is is you believe you read the book of Revelation, or frankly, don't lie to yourself. You didn't even read the freaking book. Right, exactly. You saw it on the Ghostbusters about dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and Ernie Hudson on the on the bridge uh, on the way to New York, or Dan Aykroyd, and you're like, yeah, I know exactly what's going to go down. So here's the thing. That book was not written for you. It was written by Pastor John to churches in Asia Minor. Okay? They, they passed around as a letter, and it was meant as a book of hope. All right? And so when you, when you see it describe things, uh, and you're looking for yourself in it, you've made a mistake. Because that implicitly looks at the people who received the letter and goes, not for you, sucker. <laughs> this was meant for me. Like, John had you in mind. And not just like you, but I mean you, you. Like, you sitting in your, on your butt yep. somewhere in Indiana. And you're like, this is definitely for me, and it's for my time. And so uh, everybody, like from 200 A.D. going forward, has made this mistake at some point or another mm-hmm. and goes, this must be for me. It's not for you. Now, it's – well, let me say this. It, it, it applies to you, but, like, if the only thing that you think that it speaks about is something that is relevant 2,000 years after right. it was written, then you totally misunderstand what John was trying to communicate to people who needed hope at the moment. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I would jump in would be uh, your misunderstanding of the concept of a prophecy. Um, you are probably coming at it thinking that prophecy means future talk. Uh, it's always uh, stuff that will come to pass eventually, um, and you think that that means that that kind of going in line with what Ben was saying that that it it, it only talks about like two thousand years from now, but like really hammering that thought process home. If you can no longer think of it uh, as prophecy, as in like it's something later on in the future, you can't hold revelation in, in the regard that you have. Uh, it, it's impossible to do so. And so you're, you're taking it out of their hands for 2,000 years ago and take, putting it into yours. It didn't talk about Apache helicopters for a reason. Uh, it, it, it's not that they were afraid to use that language back then. Uh, it, it's because that didn't exist then, and it meant nothing then. There, there were no nukes that, that we should be looking for now that had to do with something then because it was prophecy. There, there, was, there was nothing in that. It, it holds no weight whatsoever. Okay, number three for me would be that um, you're well-intentioned in your understanding of biblical truth, but you believe that something has to be literal to be true, uh, and that, that is not true. In fact, you don't actually believe that. You just think you believe that. Right. Uh, David's soul doesn't actually panteth, right? Pick a, <laughs> pick a psalm, bro. <laughs> you, you, you understand that, there's a, that's a, that psalms, for example, are a way of writing that communicate true things to you using imagery using metaphor, using simile, okay? Even God himself, you'll see Yahweh speak in the Bible, and he does this same thing, mm-hmm. okay? He will use, he will allow language to breathe a little bit. Um, as you read the book of Rev- Revelation, um, you're presented with a series of, like, fantastic images. It's apocalyptic writing. It is a, that is a genre. It's a specific type of writing. There are other examples. Read Second Ezra, like a lot of um, uh, Second Temple Judaism writing that will use apocalyptic literature. Mm -hmm. Um, It's intending to communicate true things, but it's not doing so through literal language. Okay, so as you read some of those things, just recognize, just think of it as a painting. John is is painting a picture. He's he's communicating true thing things through images and through symbols. And like, if if there's something in you that rubs against it and goes, "Oh boy," once you start saying something is symbol, you're calling the Bible not true. That's absolutely wrong. I, I, the Bible is completely true. It's true, and it's trying to communicate you ideas, and it's using art and language and metaphor and simile and images and symbols 
to try to communicate those true things and just recognize that if you're trying to communicate these world, otherworldly things, things from God's perspective, just know that our human language is going to kind of suck at that. And so John is going to stretch that language to his breaking point. He's going to use all kinds of fantastic images yep. and understanding to communicate realities that, again, bring hope to a, a, a persecuted people in the first century that should bring hope to you. And so if the first thing that you think about uh, when, the, when you think about the book of Revelation is tribulation, although there's a reality to the truth that Revelation is trying to communicate as it regards to those types of things, you are, you're misunderstanding what's trying to communicate, and you're, you're abdicating responsible Bible reading by doing so. Uh, number four is the concept of rapture. <clears throat> I think you're probably getting wrong. Uh, if, if you are, are looking into uh, the, the happens, happenings, the dealings going on in Revelation and all the, the pain and the bad stuff happening and thinking to yourself, I really hope that I'm a part of the rapture that says that I'll just be sucked up before all this stuff happens and, uh, and, and it's not going to affect me at all. I think you need to take a step back and look at the entirety of Christianity and, and people being Christ followers. Rarely ever are God's people taken away from the pains that happened here. It just doesn't happen. The the people that are followers of the way are 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 given, I mean, pain. There are things that are going on here. There are martyrs that are happening. People are being murdered for their faith all over the world, all uh, throughout all of time. It's just not a a thing to 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 believe in if you, if you're looking at the context of the Bible where you think you believe that that you understand things that are going on, rarely ever are God's people just saved from that kind of worldly pain. And so if we're to take from the rest of the story and the rest of humanity and the rest of things that have happened within the people that follow this religion and, and follow God, uh, we cannot hold true that uh, this rapture is just going to suck us all up and then the people that are left behind, that concept, uh, are just not the ones that were chosen and are going to be in some pain. There are real things happening to people. This has been going on for thousands of years. Um, uh, actual trials and actual actual pain has been happening to martyrs. Even Revelation talks about the martyrs that are that are underneath the throne room of God, and they're they're calling out to God, saying, "God, is it time yet? Like, is it to, we're we're chained under here? Is it time yet for you to 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 do this wrath thing to bring this all out?" And He just goes, "No, not yet. It's not yet time. More people will suffer. More people will hurt." Uh, I I think it's 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 just out of context for you to believe that uh, the pains that are happening in this kind of book that were relevant two thousand years ago and aren't some future cataclysmic event that we're waiting for uh that we're just going to be completely exempt from it is, is foolish yeah and, to, and to, to reinforce that i would tell you that um and i know you're not doing this on purpose but there is a level of arrogance that says there this must be the biblical tribulation when <laughs> when pain finally shows up at my doorstep right when it has existed in on others doorsteps uh, for a very long time especially in america like, that's what i'm saying yeah for some reason we believe that that when when trials and when persecution, which American Christians are the worst at throwing that word around like it's something new and it's not like something that's been happening for thousands of years. Um, anything that's happening because of the current government, anything that's happening because of the cur current social climate to American Western Christians being called the kind of, uh, of revelatory persecution is, is your, it's, it's, it's arrogance. It's absolute arrogance. There are people that are being murdered throughout the world that has been going on for thousands of years. Uh, you cannot call this new pain that you're experiencing because something has infringed upon your absolute freedom as, as a possible reason to say that revelation is happening. And so the, the, here's the final one I would say, and I suppose this is more related to how you react to it. 
um, is a lot of the a lot of the folks that I see talk about this um, is COVID nineteen part of the biblical prophecy? Is it uh, are we part of the end times? Blah blah blah. Here's the thing: if you even remotely believe that, like let's 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 hit the fans, man. Like let's knock on the doors. Let's let's grab and and teach good news to absolutely everybody. Right. But that's not what I see happening. I see a lot of finger wagging. I see a lot of people go, this is it. We've brought this upon ourselves by electing Trump. We brought this upon ourselves by allowing Obama to become in. Like, this is stupid. This is foolish. Uh, and frankly, like, the, even if those were the image that Revelation is trying to communicate, which it isn't, your reaction to those things is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of what John is, actually, is calling these folks to do. The, the, the prime call in the book of Revelation is for the saints to persevere. For the saints to persevere, and frankly, uh, there, there are multiple offers in, that, in the, the images that come through Revelation for people to turn and repent, and most of them don't. But there's a time, there's a glorious time, there's like one time where they do. And like, that's the work we're supposed to be involved in. Frankly, that's the reason John wants people to persevere. So the good news will persist. So right. the love of Christ will continue to move on. And so your shallow reading of the book of Revelation, and here's the deal, smart people who love Jesus disagree with me on how I read the book of Revelation. Fine. I'm all right with that, as frankly, as long as you take away the right output. And if your output is to say, oh, at least we get out of here before the trouble starts, that's wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. It's not even close to right. Our Savior suffered and died. Every yep. one of the disciples uh, also was martyred. And so your thought that, that the Christian shape of life is that we get to bail before trouble starts as opposed <laughs> to being the people who are fighting to save those in the midst of trouble, you are just mistaken. Right. You're just mistaken. And so um, even, even if, even if you, the theology behind the thing that you believe about Revelation was true, your reaction is not right. It can't be good. Right. So I would say, you're, again, if your takeaway from, the from reading the book of Revelation is to, is to look at the world and go, great, now you have what's coming to you, can you imagine that coming out of the mouth of Jesus? The same Jesus who looks out and goes, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do, and you're like, great, now you have what's coming to you? You're a fool. Stop being a fool. Yeah, if, if you walk away from the book of Revelation in fear, you're missing it. You're absolutely missing it. I, I, hear, I hear too many people that read that book and then walk away afraid of some cataclysmic event that is going to be on, on a scale that we'll, we've never seen before and we'll never see again, and there's going to be, I mean, just blood-red skies, all this different stuff. We should be fearful of that. Jesus says in the beginning of that book, calling himself the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, of the, he's literally in control in all of it. He never loses control once. He never runs out of control. The, the, the beings that are in the throne room of God that are all-seeing and all-knowing would in in that thought process know about these crazy cataclysmic Armageddon style events, which again you don't understand Armageddon like you think you do. If you think it's going to be the the Bruce Willis movie in an in a asteroid, not a thing. I guess. That's not, not a what thing. It is. It's a location. It's a location, and and if you're waiting for some crazy battle to break out and like all this warfare to happen, you're going to have a lot of build up to one moment that goes, oh, it's already happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, it it doesn't come through that. He always way. says, I'm here. Yeah, exactly. He's he's literally he's Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end. These 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 beings that are all seeing, all knowing, therefore know about this cataclysmic event. The only thing that they do in their immense wisdom and omniscience is worship Yahweh in His throne room. That is literally all they do with with the wisdom of the entire universe. They go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. They recognize that through knowing everything, the only thing that has merit, the only thing that has worth is worship of Yahweh in his throne room at his feet. 
You know, that is a, that's a great point. I guess I never thought about that. But, like, given that the world with, with, with eons of knowledge and all the possibilities, <laughs> the people in the throne room go, this is all there is. That's all there is to say. <laughs> like, they don't try to jazz it up. <laughs> they don't try to use big flower language. They're like, holy, holy, holy. Yep. <laughs> like, this is it. I got this covered. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, those are good takeaways, boys. Five things to refresh. The, here's the thing. I can't remember how many times when I was, I was a younger man, probably from the ages of 10 to 25, and I would drive home at night, and it'd be like a harvest red moon. I go, "This is it. <laughs> this is it. This is the I'm thing. not ready." Mike's one of the watchmen on the walls. I'm not good with the <laughs> Lord. I've not straightened this out. Right? Like I had no understanding of revelation at all. I also actually had no understanding of grace, right. or the fact that God was not mad at me all the time. I was almost certain <laughs> that, like, based on my behavior for the day, God was upset at me and did not love me until I would show up and do something different and go, "Hey, here's all the bad crap I did. I, I hope you can find it to to love me again." You know, and like like a petulant father that you just could not please. You know, and like it was, uh, and and you tie that with uh, the threat of a Revelation style apocalypse all the time. And like every time, even a, a shade of the moon that would turn slightly pink, I'm like, <laughs> oh no, oh no. But I've not str- I've not reckoned this. I've not fixed it. And like, what a misunderstanding of uh, of the the love and and sacrifice of Jesus Christ and and Yahweh right like it's a complete misinterpretation of the way that God is and if you read the bible if you read the revelation and it seems like a complete opposite character of the Yahweh that was in the rest of the bible then you have to be taking you're reading it wrong. wrong yes right if god says i am i am the same always <laughs> right and you go but you're way different in revelation <laughs> yeah nope john I mean, was a pastor of a church for upwards to 90 years now or like eh, 60 years and and had been leading people towards Christ this entire time. He's not randomly going to change his entire character and and, and write this revelatory book, uh, this letter, excuse me, to the churches in Asia Minor to scare them. Right. That makes no sense. Like he's been calling through multiple publications for the perseverance of the people of God, for the perseverance perseverance for Jesus, for the good news to continue to spread, for people to be doing the things that they were called upon by Jesus to do in the beginning, and encouragement for these churches from Asia Minor for years now. He's not just run to randomly be be exiled to the to the Isle of Patmos because they tried to murder him and failed at trying to murder the guy. He's not randomly going to switch his story about Jesus and go, "Oh, buddy, yeah. when I send this to them, they're going to read it and freak." I told yeah. you, they're I know what Jesus out. said, but like I'm like an uncaged animal, right? Exactly. Right. That stuff that Jesus said was just it was something. He, my son, just started running his yap. But here's the deal. Yeah, I am an unruly beast. <laughs> yeah, the apostles, the apostles have, have mainly all been murdered by this point in time or died. Uh, uh, Jesus has been gone for a while now, at least up and ascended to heaven. Uh, uh, the temple's been destroyed. All of you are in despair and thinking, is there a possibility that God has left us and has lost all of his power? Rome is persecuting us. We are being driven from our homes. Here comes old John from Patmos yeah. uh, with, with a big right hand. The streets will <laughs> run red. <laughs> freaking people out all saying right, there's, there's, now, a, there's a seven-headed dragon coming out of the sea, and you better freak out about it. No. Now, now I mean, here, now, th- 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 just to, to, I suppose for balance, I mean, there's totally a sense of justice right. within the book of Revelation, right? There, there is a... If you reject God as king, then you or Christ as king, then you end up on the other side Agreed. of him as king. Yes, I mean that, that is very much uh, described there. But like, I, I think the notion is, as Christians, we're to weep for that, right? Right? We're to mourn for that. We're to mourn for the for persecution that exists. We're to pers- persevere in the face of it. We're to trust that God is just and that the work that He has us to do is right, and it should continue in the midst of anything. Right. Um, and there's nothing about any of those situations of which we should fear. 
uh, which causes fear. In fact, the very thing that we that we take in as fear is what God intends for hope. And like, mm-hmm. if you don't find hope in the fact that God's got this thing under control, even when you don't understand it, like one of the things that the book of Revelation does is it does it does come back and try to give you a different perspective. It says, look, here's the you know what's going on. What was the, what's the name of the guy? It's I think it's chapter two, um, uh, who was martyred at the church uh, one of the seven churches. Uh, I, I can't the guy remember. It was martyred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks about. Um, uh, John writes about the guy. Um, oh man, oh, I have no idea. Okay, hold on. Hold, uh, it may not be necessary to find it. Anyway, the guy had um, one of these guys in the in, in one of the churches had been. He calls, calls him our brother, somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so like that guy died by like uh, he roasted in a metal bowl. Oh yes, I know. I don't know his name, but I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. So like, I mean, it's horrific. This guy dies for for this type of thing, uh, and people are like, "What the heck is going on? How do I even take this in?" Yeah. And one of the things that that John gives you is the chance when he gets taken up in heaven, not a rapture, and certainly not everybody. It's just him. Yep. He gets he gets to take a peek into what's going on behind the scenes, and what you get, what you see behind the scenes, is is this is this notion of constant battle of evil, mm-hmm. the presence of evil, the influence of evil, how it presents itself. It's it's propaganda. It's false prophecy it's masquerading as true and good religion as a true and good king when it's not um like you get to see behind the scenes of 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 evil and how god has it within his control how he deals with it and ultimately how it comes to its end we are to find hope in god's control of those things not fear because of the events that may surround it like that that's that's the mistake it's it's supposed to be a book that communicates hope um, and if we take away fear we've missed it yeah, no, I agree entirely. Hey, and so look, just at all, if you're interested in this, I did do some classes on this. Um, I did like, uh, I want to say six classes on how we should think about the end times, walking through, you know, the, 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 the everything where you were, as we're talking, you're like, yeah, but what about this? And yeah, <laughs> but I don't know about that. I covered. Uh, so th- th- like I, I've got a podcast, um, of some teaching that you can hook up with on, uh, six, six classes on the end times. And there's eight classes out there on the book of revelation. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're so, good. I've listened to them. Yeah. Same. So, so let's, um, uh, we'll, we'll get those out on the, on the social media or whatever. We'll get some links out there so you can go check it out and yeah. then you just listen to the, you don't have to listen to anything else on the deal. I just stash stuff out there, but like those were legit. Uh, and I think they're pretty helpful. And at least you know where we're coming from. It's biblically grounded. Um, you know, this I just don't want to believe this way. I, I believe it because, like, uh, I, I walked into that to studying the Book of Re- Revelation, failing on probably all five of those things we just talked about. Yep. And then on the other side of it, I go, boy, this makes a lot more sense to what Yahweh is trying to communicate, and frankly, how I understand how to read Scripture anyway. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think there's a lot of elements in there that that some will remiss. Like, what what do you always say that like uh, numbers are are weighted? Not measured. What is it? Yeah, yeah weighted, not measured. Yeah, weighted, yeah. not measured. Right. Like so, so, so numbers have have symbol and they have weight to them, and like um, it'll change the way that you read a lot of your Bible and a lot of yes. the way that things are interpreted, a lot, a lot of the way that it's written. Um, and 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 really, I think the number one thing that tends to help me um, it, is the cultural perspective. It does not hurt for you to understand what was going on in the time of the things that they are written. Right. It usually like, helps. Yeah. It. I mean, it, it really does help. There's a lot of there's a lot of references that we make just talking to one another in an everyday. Like if I would walk up to Buva and be like, hey, man, uh, I, I'm feeling a little rough today. I might have the covid. You know, like culturally, if you t- take that exact statement, uh, even even 200 years from now, they're like the what? The What's COVID, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's it's a it's a it's a, a a thing that is culturally relevant to me and my time. And like there's all kinds of things like that. Um, that 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 are written in your scripture that like 
when someone makes a, a Jesus will make a side reference to something that's going on in Rome right now, and you have no idea, and so you just right. run with it and decide it applies to you, and then <laughs> it has something to do with Wrigley Field or something. You're like, you've pulled this thing way out of where 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 it lays, right? It doesn't work that way. So like, it, it it really doesn't hurt. You don't have to be a Bible scholar here, but like, if you're willing to sit down and let let someone kind of explain it to you of what was going on at the time, I think you'll find that it's it's immensely popular, uh, popular, immensely helpful. Um, to know some of those things. I saw a guy driving a lot. In fact, I was talking to a guy that I was that I was driving with um, earlier this week, and, and the guy in the license plate came rolling by with a 666 license plate. Oh, jeez. You know, and the guy I'm riding with, he goes, oh, yeah, that's the that's the mark. <laughs> and I'm like, I think we're going to turn the radio down, and we're going to talk about re- the book of Revelation for a little while, because that is absolutely, <laughs> first of all, that man went in there and asked for the 666, the, whatever conspiracy where you think people are stamping it on you or yeah. embedded in your skin. It's the mark of the beast. Right. This is like this. These are these are numbers that are weighed. <laughs> right. And so like uh, so I, it led to a pretty good conversation. But overall, um, the more you understand that stuff, the more it takes the, the whole thing out of the clouds and, and kind of points back to what it's actually trying to say. All right. Hey, you're listening live from the path. You know, that reminds me of. Um, of a thought I had this week, and I, I, I was th- thinking about it on the way here, and I hesitate to even bring it up because it, it opens up a, it opens up like a forty-year-old can of kombucha, like it can just explode all over Gross. everywhere, you know. Uh, mm. But but so so in reaction to the COVID, <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of hot takes on it. There's and there's a lot of videos and 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 articles and stuff and graphs, uh, a lot of graphs. some graphs. About um, the, the origin of it and who's 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 concocted this thing and who's who's at the helm, who's driving this bus to try to manipulate people and propagandize and, and blah blah blah, uh, conspiracy theories. If you want to put them into a bucket, there's a lot of that going on. And I, I had so, so I saw a lot of I saw a lot of tampering this week uh, or tempering of people going, hey, you know, Christian witness sucks when you believe a conspiracy theory. Okay, because then you look like you're crazy. And if you believe crazy things, then maybe Yahweh is crazy. Maybe following God is crazy. That's, that's the line of thinking. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Following Jesus in the way that he calls you to live your life, if you don't have a little bit of crazy in you, you misunderstand what the yeah. Bible is trying to explain. Okay? So if the rest of the world doesn't look at you and go, what the hell is going on mm-hmm. with those people? All right? There yeah. has to be, an, and it's not because you're like 90% denim on. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, Did you although ninety percent denim on, although yeah. that is all right, we're yeah. walking around in Canadian tuxedos <laughs> hey, now. Here's the deal. I think I've told you this before, but that's that's uh, so we homeschool and like I, that's how I bucket off people in the homeschool community is is percentage and levels of denim. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and here's the deal: you 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 spend spend three months around groups of folks, and when I say yeah, they're one of the ninety percent denims, you'll be like ah yeah, you know what they're about, mm-hmm. you know gotcha. exactly what they're doing. They make it. They make it at their house. Mm-hmm. They're ninety percent denim because they order it and, and they sew it at home. Uh, and so, if you're a fifty percent denim family, uh, that means you could mostly blend in with the rest of society. And uh, homeschoolers will just notch their all the way all the way to like ninety eight. Although the guys don't tend to follow, ladies tend to be full denim. Uh, dudes, dudes don't, don't tend to follow. I think they sell that. dudes denim jackets. Oh, yes, they oh, do. Yes, they do. No, they don't. I own one. No. Yep. I look like Wolverine. It's hey, the worst thing ever. <laughs> you wear that next week. You bring that in? Uh, if I can find it, I will. There, I know there's pictures of it. If I can't find it, I'll find, I'll find the pictures. Okay. Dan to Monday it's, it's is rough. next week for movement. Okay. It's rough. So anyway, here's, now, so here's the thought. Um, here's, I'm going to tell you up front. I, I don't freaking know. Like, there's a lot of things that people are trying to think through, uh, and they're, they're posturing, and they don't have data, and they don't have facts. And I'm going to tell you that's it's true for, your, for the main narrative as you are for every wild kook on YouTube. Okay? You're, you're all in the same boat to a certain extent. 
not all, you're, you're not working with a full set of facts. But I will tell you this. If your, your reaction to anything that feels conspiracy theorist is that there's no way any of that's going on, I think you're being blind. And here's why I think you're being blind. It's not because I think, uh, I don't know, Dr. Fauci is trying to subject people with the virus. <laughs> I don't. Um, but I think we are woefully unopen to the reality of evil. Because a general reaction to things like this is to say, oh, they, people would never do that. Right. No one would ever act like that. No one would ever try to manipulate people on that level. No one would ever try to... Uh, to do that type of thing just for their own power, just for their own, just for greed, just because that, that they wanted to or they had a they had a gasp to try to manipulate humanity like that. And then you think to yourself, yeah, <laughs> that's happened yeah. many times. They probably would do that <laughs> now. So you combine if you combine. Here's the two things that get people to say, look, none of this took could occur. The first one is, is they don't we don't rightfully understand the presence of just evil. There's evil in the world, and it tends to work in systems and governments. I'm sorry. It does. The individual evil doesn't go very far. Okay? It, right. might, it might kill a few people on your block. All right? But it doesn't generally persist beyond that. Systemic evil that manipulates people that is generally under the guise of greed and power tends to express itself in institutions and governments. Okay? So, uh, is it everybody who's been under one of those types of things went, nah, couldn't be. Couldn't be. Okay, so one, I, I think you have to be careful of how quickly you would reject the concept that there might be the, such a thing as institutional evil. <clears throat> World War Two, World War One, <laughs> most of Eastern Europe. Insert blank war here. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, whatever. Like, there's always something behind that. Okay, um, the second thing is you reject it because you didn't think of it. <laughs> Anything you think is outlandish, you're like, oh, well, that's outlandish. No one could possibly because it's smarter than you. You hear something that someone could have, some, someone proposes something, you're like, oh, no, there's too many, too many things connecting. No, I could not have orchestrated something like that. It must be wrong. Okay? So here's, here's what your uh, Papa Ben is telling you. Okay? Do not believe every conspiracy theorist coming out of the woodwork. Freaking check facts. Don't, don't act like a non-Christian that you don't have any hope. And don't get hyper-involved in things that you have no freaking clue. Okay? I, if, if you're wanting to know, like, I don't, I don't believe 99% of the things I've seen. However, it occurred to me that it is not out of the realm of possibility for a lot of those things to be true. Mm -hmm. It could be. And to the extent that you reject that, you run a very serious risk that you do not have your eyes out for evil. And I think there's a blindness in that. Okay? So this is not my ticket to say believe everything you see on the Internet. But it is my encouragement to you to not reject the possibility of human greed, human corruption, the propagation of evil. And don't reject something because in your own arrogance, because you couldn't think of it, it can't be true. So actually, that is the, it's, it's, it's kind of along the same lines as why I tend to disregard conspiracy theories. Because unless Chick-fil-A came up with COVID, I've not seen an organization that I think could pull this <laughs> off at the scale. Uh -huh. Right? Like, I've seen Walmart on Black Friday. I've seen the government promise that they're going to accept tax returns on February 3rd and then not be able to accept tax returns until February 27th. And I go... What the flying heck? Yeah. I'm supposed to believe that you guys have agreed to pull off this flawless conspiracy? You can't even get... I mean, they, they could do nothing right. Yeah. Nothing? Yep. And so, like, if I was to look... And this is not a slam on the government. This is a slam on people in general. Can't do it. I can't get six people <laughs> in one room to decide which restaurant we're going to go to. I can't get the four people in my own family to decide what we're going to eat. 
and then all of a sudden I expect a worldwide conspiracy of multi-thousands of people yeah. for no apparent reason, like, oh, there's there's always money in the back. Well, where? I mean, what? who's making money? We selling the, Is it the mask guy, the guy who sells the masks? He's like, I've really finally come to my own. I'm making the big money now. Everybody laughed at Bob, but look at Bob the mask <laughs> it, it man. Was Charmin. <laughs> it was Charmin. It was Charmin. The toilet paper industry was going down. But here's the deal, man. That's why they've been doing it wrong the whole time, is so that you could never place blame on them no, because they so can't smooth. get anything else right. We were yep. just about ready to switch back to the bare <laughs> hand, and then all of a sudden the toilet paper crisis of 2020. So I, here's the thing. Ben's right. I, I, I generally dismiss that stuff out of hand because frankly i just don't think people could get along well enough to pull it off yep <laughs> i get it the yeah. only conspiracy theory that i can ever really get behind is the thought process that trader joe's intentionally makes their parking lot smaller than they need to be so that they look busier than they actually are i think that's smart living that's what i believe in yeah i think oh, that's man, what's the trader happening. joe's is packed again yeah the place is great oh man people are always coming here i need to be here also no you don't man. there's not that many cars in the parking lot do people the parking lot's do smaller. people do that I, I, if I pass by a store, it looks like there's <laughs> no, a lot of people no, in there. I, no, that's I not go, a thing I, at all. I'm not going in there. I'll go somewhere else. Mm. I, I'm sure there's some herd mentality in existence of, of American commerce that goes, hey, that place is busy. I need to be there, too. Yeah, I wonder what's up. I wonder yeah. what's going on I there. wonder if there's a sale going on at the Joe's. I never think that. No, I've never once thought that either. If there's a place that's packed, I don't want to be there because there's more people there. Yeah, yeah. It, I want it, space. It, it's the concept of understanding that a, a system and a flow, a process flow, has a breaking point, what and time? it usually breaks down when people are bending it. So, actually, I, I thought about this the other day. What time do most people actually eat lunch? Right, because anywhere between eleven and one thirty. Eleven and one. If I think that I'm going to go eat, I'm like, oh man, it's like insert between eleven and one. That place is going to be packed, and I don't want to go. Never packed. So I will wait till like two thirty to eat. Oh, which will absolutely ruin my dinner. But I didn't want to go there when there was a bunch of people in there. I mean, I think the acceptable range of lunch is usually eleven to one. Hmm. At least I mean, that's what I would say. So, I, so do you think that people are changing their eating habits to try to avoid the rush? Be like, hey, it's it's eleven forty-five. I bet if I push this off till one thirty, then the line will be down, and then one thirty becomes packed because that's what everybody thought. Well, you got to realize a lot of these people are are stuck to a schedule. Like they're not the ones who choose exactly when they're going to lunch or not. What kind of freedom is that? You live in a box, sir. Welcome to the American working people. <laughs> You've built your own jail. <laughs> A man's got Welcome to people that have scheduled lunches, Mike. A man's got to eat on, on, on the man's schedule? Whatever. Yeah. No. Okay. I mean, I, I hate to break it to you, but there's, there's a lot of people that exist in that, in that wheelhouse. No, I'd quit. You can't live like that. I mean, how many... I would love to be your HR manager. How many... But I go, okay, your schedule is this, and we need you to take a lunch at this time... Can't do it. ...to cover all of our, our business needs. There's a bunch of people at the Bebop's at 1230. I ain't taking no lunch at 1230. To cover all of our business needs, we have to scatter schedules... We have to scatter lunches, and you're going to be here, and you go, ah, no, yeah. I can't handle a scheduled lunch. I'm yeah. out of here. That's not going to work for me. I, and I would have to fill out your termination and or resignation paperwork as reason of resignation oh. is we had an expectation of a scheduled lunch. Now you got to force me to resign on your time schedule, too. What are you, the Gestapo? Oh, I mean, I feel yes. like I just want Yes, wanna, I'm an HR manager. That's exactly what I, I am. I just want to live my life, and I Who feel like these this? people trying to tell me when i got to eat this all the time. Phenomenal. Who tells a person when it's time for them to eat? Most of the American working world. Hey, it's time for you to eat. What I mean, you feel like a, a, a bag full of kittens here, right? I'm a grown man. I'll decide when it's time for me to eat. You're just trying to tell me i got to get off the phone. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I guess I'm not telling you what time it is to eat, but I'm going to regulate what you can have when working, and I'm going to regulate when you can be off of said work. Well, I don't want to work at your company. You're like a jailer. <laughs> You're like the warden. 
Hey, it's I'm t- the warden. I say it's time to eat. <laughs> Can you realize how stupid this oh, sounds? Oh man, just all of HR and resource management teams are absolutely unacceptable to Mike. <laughs> they just they just are outside of any realm of of acceptable behavior. Stand back to the thing that you're saying. Stand 20 feet back for it and realize how stupid it is that you have a team of grown adults telling you what time to eat. I am a business. I have business hours. I have needs as a business. I have a certain amount of people that I can allocate towards resources that take care of the business that I have, mm-hmm. so I have to manage those resources. So we get to throw all human decency out the window, and you get to, to rattle me around like a, like a caged beast and tell me when it's feeding time. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm one, I really want you to go and just picket all of corporate America right now and stand outside of, oh, I don't know, any kind of call center, any kind of open business that has any lunch hours. Any people who work in fast food who have scheduled break times. Yeah. Any, any people who work in retail who have scheduled break times. All of these people need to unite and go, I will take my lunch when I want. I, here's <laughs> what I'm saying. Is that, is that this, this, this is the big misconception. <laughs> like you live in, in the, the freest land of all, right? You live in America. And then someone says, oh. Oh, okay. Uh, let me learn about your country. So, do you decide when you eat? No, my <laughs> boss tells me when I eat. Oh, okay. I you know, guess, you I know, you also have the freedom freak. to do, Mike. What? Go find another job because I have the freedom to not employ you. That, no problem. I don't want to work at your jail. And then I the next, and then the next work. jail you go to that goes, yeah, you're gonna take your lunches around this time. It seems like and you're, you go, you're oh, walking this freedom. around. I don't have any of it. I'm the leaving. call center and going piece of cheese, piece of cheese. Anybody? Piece of cheese, piece yes. of cheese. Yes, that's, that's what you're doing. That is exactly what's happening. Or it's because we have a, a flow of business and, and customers that come through our channels, yeah. and we have to make certain that we have enough people to take care of them, which is the whole reason we hired people in the first place. Yeah, yeah, you're real important, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just oh, saying, man, if this you, is great. If you work in one of these Ted Nugent strangleholds, you need to quit. <laughs> this just, is a terrible I'm, job. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering the amount, of, uh, the amount of the American working population that has to deal with this and the amount that doesn't. I wonder which pool is bigger, and I wonder in Mike's expertise the the jobs that the the jobs I know you've worked yeah they fit into this this category. Here. I'm just saying you just will hand out and some the rest handcuffs of on the way here. in. Hey man, chain yourself to the disc. We'll let you out for lunch <laughs> at a time we decide, and then we're gonna chain you to the disc oh, again. Man. I would just love to see Mike interviewing a panel of people that are looking for HR and or RMT jobs. I do great at job interviews. <laughs> you would be amazed. <laughs> yeah, you're you're going to be uh, interviewing for a resource management job. Mike comes in. You think you tell me when I'm supposed to eat? You think you have any control over my work's going on? Absolutely not. I, I take a I take a lunch when I want to, and it'll be for as long as I want to. You, you live in the illusion of freedom. It's 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 smoke, man. Please it's please go to please go to like a call center office park. I worked and in a call center. Them. I got fired. And be- <laughs> 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 I, the people that work in call centers, a, a, a lot of okay. Don't get me wrong. Call centers are terrible. They're just, they're just terrible. They're they're meant to be human wheelhouses. They really are. You get people in, you get people out. There are oh, so many. Like, like there's cattle. so many. There's saying, so many meetings like for ranch. attrition that are just. How can we get people to stop either getting fired or quitting? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Why don't you but let like, them eat when they want? But, and maybe more people I would just, will stay. At your I place. would just <laughs> love to see Mike in the, in this situation, working in this kind of stuff, and the people that say they got fired from call centers. A lot of them are. It's perfectly justified that they're they're upset. But some people, it's just like you, you got upset because there was someone in charge of you. Yeah, like that was the whole thing. No, that's you true. got upset because someone was in charge of you and had had say in what you were doing and and how you were doing it and would judge your your character and merit, and you just couldn't handle it. <laughs> that's exactly why I got leave. fired. Yeah, <laughs> actually, before I got fired, I quit. I would tell you the story. So. 
I'm supposed to be at work at 7. Oh, Mike rolls in at 7.05. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so I think the day's fine. I'm like, this is not a big deal. I'll work an extra five minutes. I will work into my cattle lunch, and so maybe I'll just make up the five minutes. So I do it, and everything's cool, I think. I show up the next morning at 7, right on time like I'm supposed to, and there, my boss has written me up. He put it on, yeah. my, put it on my desk, you know? And I thought, that pansy. He wrote me up, and he didn't even have, have the stones to give it to That's me. That's messed up. And so I waited him out, and he shows up at 8 o'clock. And so I was over by his desk when he showed up, and I said, you put this right up on my desk? He goes, yeah, you were five minutes late yesterday. I said, not your concern anymore, because I quit. He goes, are you kidding me? You're going to quit over this? I said, you're too much of a chicken to come write me up in person. you got to put it on my desk. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. And I walked out, and it was done. Okay, there's a couple things that I'm going to comment on, being someone who does this kind of stuff, okay? First off, yeah, he was a pansy for not coming and talking to you. Okay, good. He should have done so. That's yeah, ridiculous yeah. that he didn't. Second off, the fact that you thought you were going to get fired for the five minutes... I don't think you were going to get fired, Mike. I think you were just being written up, yeah, and then you quit. I don't like getting written <laughs> this, up. This was not a situation where you quit before they could fire you. I just you were five minutes late one time. They wrote you up, and you went, not in my house. I mean, it's and you quit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's, there's some I don't have a that. piece of paper that has my name it's and some much, kind of character flaw on it. I'm getting out of here. It's pretty Burn. much like your dad walking through the living room snapping a belt. You're like, hey, what's going on here? That's what that was. It was a belt snap, and I'm like, okay, you either going to hit me with the belt or you ain't going to hit me with the belt. <laughs> But you're not going to terrorize me. <laughs> so, like, either you go fire me or you ain't. You're the only person. You, you thought the terror was in a first-level write-up for five minutes late. Yeah. Mike, Mike does not do passive-aggressive white-collar behavior. No. no Mike, agreed. Agreed. As you should not do passive-aggressive white-collar behavior, which is the entirety of call centers. Mike's that guy. You guys you guys seen Back to the Future 2? Yes. Where, where uh, Marty McFly ends up trying to go back to his own house, but the reality has changed, so he ends up being in somebody else's yes. house. Yes. And that Samuel L. Jackson guy comes running out, yeah. and he's like, we will not be terrorized. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's Mike responding to a low-level Right up. <laughs> Literally, no disciplinary action. The guy didn't even feel the need to have a conversation with you because it really wasn't that big of a deal. He just had to document it because his HR processes said so, and I could promise you that's the situation. Nope. He had to write it up because someone told him he had to, uh-huh. but he thought it was so inconsequential, he wasn't going to waste your time with the conversation, and you took it as, you passive-aggressive boob, yeah. I will not take this tyranny. I will not take this. Shoot, this is true. I tried, someone tried to write me up at the last job I had, and I said, he goes, we're, I think we're going to have to write you up. And I'm like, if you do, you just will sign my termination papers because I won't stand for it. Mike is either completely in the clear or completely out of the place. Yeah, I don't do threatening write-ups. You're either going to fire me That's or I'm going to work HR here. HR system. No, That's how I don't that like works. It. We have to have an escalating process. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I write HR processes. Like, this is what I do. I write step Performance plans for improvement all the time for You're many businesses. You're missing out on great employees like me. Apparently, I'm missing out on the guys like Mike that are like, you going to threaten me with that or you going to fire me? <laughs> yeah. No, Mike, this is intentionally not firing you. It's just letting you know there are rules that you signed up to follow. Yeah. You didn't follow them this one time. On I need documentation that says that, that I'm going to rec- keep it a file to use the, against all, you later. Yes, it is. Because if you become a chronic issue where it's five minutes here, but then it's another 12 five-minute times, yeah. then you're a chronic issue. I think I you're a chronic issue for being an overbearing warlord. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's killing me. So I actually had I – I didn't get the point of, of, of trying to quit, but I remember – so I also worked in a call center, and uh, – they have the same problem. I'm late. I just don't show up to place yeah. on time. I was five minutes late. And I was five minutes late like three days in a row, and they, they did that. They, they said, look, we're, we're, we're going to write you up. I said, all right. I tell you what, I will accept this write-up, and you can do me, you do me one favor. I said, I want you to pull last month, and you tell me uh, how many phone calls I took, and then tell me how many phone calls the next right. highest number of phone call person took. 
And like I had whooped him by like I mean a thousand calls. Yeah. I was kicking tail. Yep. Uh, and I said, "You can fight. You still gonna write me up on that five minutes?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Well, that gambit didn't pay off." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you should have quit. <laughs> that a show. Yeah, they would have really known what you were talking about if you would have quit over the five minute write up. Yeah. And then I yeah like it's yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I no, and it, it's the I crappy, it like a man. It's the crappy cattle mentality that's that's. We have so many people we cannot we cannot let out in anything because yep. if corporations that are that size let out in anything, they have to do it for everybody, and they're missing out on so much stupid money. And it's dumb. I hate it. Working in call centers, I hate it. But I worked in call centers as HR. I here's the thing though is what you don't realize is that company went on without me and did just fine. Yes, it made zero oh, no. impact. We all realized that, Mike. But <laughs> every one of us were fully aware of that. Guess who walked that ba- out of that building smiling and no longer slave to your corporate no shell game? Slave to your Mike. corporate <laughs> shell game. Oh my gosh, I've I've written up. I mean, way too many people to to remember. But like, I've only had a few of those kind of conversations. I will tell you, those are my favorite. Is when I have to write somebody up reasonably write them up in my opinion because they messed something up they knew they did i would usually have a couple conversations before i write someone up about anything it's never a surprise but it's always it was a few people that would just be like this is absolutely ridiculous that you're doing this and i'm like jerry i talked to you three days ago and i told you if you do this one more time i'm gonna write you up i have a piece of paper with your signature on it that says those exact words that goes hey man if i do this again you can write me up that was three days ago jerry that was less than 72 hours ago, and here we are now, and you've done it again, and I'm doing exactly what I promised you I would do, and you are just mesmerized at the thought process. Yeah. You are just taken aback at the thought that I have the audacity to write you up I mean, when you I already, told you. You already controlled my lunch. You just as well <laughs> whoop me. Brit hit me with your whip. Yeah. Yes, you sheep, Jerry. Get over here and sit down. We're talking. Yeah. <laughs> you either pull your weapon or go back to your mama. <laughs> yeah, that's the thought. <laughs> you either unsheath that smoke wagon or you get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you unsheath this smoke wagon. I watch Did you, you just dirty Harry the HR process? <laughs> I'm not going to watch you brandish it around and act like you're a bad man. Unsheath either- that smoke wagon. <laughs> Either you shoot me or holster it. That's it. I'm not going to listen to this half-failed threat. Mike Mike is the 1870s American outlaw in the Old West to corporate America. i got to be honest. I'm about impossible to manage. I would hate to be the guy in charge of me. It's a horrible. Oh, my gosh. It's a horrible position to Whatever, be in. Whatever, man. I'm gonna, when I start my own company, I'm going to hire you to train my HR managers. Yeah. Because you're going to say, you unsheath that smoke wagon or I'm out of here. I should train HR people. Here's the kind of you job. really should. Here's the I kind can of dude you, you're gonna have to deal with. I have trained countless people, and I wish I would have had you as as a point of reference to go. Here's the deal. Here's about as bad as it's gonna get. If you can train for this and just get down the drills of dealing with Mike, then you can deal with anybody. I've fired people on their birthday and had them cry to me while I packed up their cake. And I can't even imagine the kind of training that I could develop with you. <laughs> Unsheat that smoke wagon. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I love it. Oh, man, that's great. I remember they used to pass around these cards at this office building. You know, they're like, sign this. I'm like, I don't know this guy. Just sign it. It's his birthday. I said, I don't give a rip. I don't know him. They're like, it's Taco Tuesday. I said, not for me. I brought sandwiches. <laughs> I, I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> People, I hope you realize there were manager meetings that were about you. People had to meet with their bosses to figure out what to do with Mike. That's a real thing. And I can guarantee you, if I could go back in time to talk to those managers, I could sit in as a fly on the wall in the conversations about Mike. 
I what are we going to do with him now? We tried Taco Tuesday. He brought he brought Sloppy Joe's. He didn't care. How do we motivate this guy to do anything? I don't know. Give him an unstructured lunchtime. It'll be fine. He'll figure yeah. it out. He seems to really like freedom. I would love to see your discussion logs that say, uh, I brought a write-up to him, but then he talked about a smoke wagon, and I was very confused. I didn't know what he meant, but uh, I think it might have been a threat, and I kind of need to escalate this to the HR structure. Yeah. Oh Here's the deal. Uh, this is the postal advice. Don't work in an office building. <laughs> it's the worst, man. It is the worst. It's 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 a cattle oh. pen for people. Oh my gosh! You stay great. out of there. Oh man! They give you, you air conditioning. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> your incentivization is that yeah. you're not hot all the Look, time. you've been here a year. Here's a cup to yes. tie you to your desk longer. Oh my So you gosh. won't get up and get more coffee. <laughs> oh man! So I've been I've been a part of way too many attrition meetings that are all talking about like how do we keep people here? How do we motivate people? How do we give them what they want? And I just I wish that you could have been sitting in on some of those as we're sitting there going, okay, we did gift cards last month. The months before we did like a coffee break for everybody that did a good job. And we got an extra 15 minute break that's all paid and all this different stuff. And you just be sitting in the corner, kicked up with a hat tipped over your head (laughs) and then look up every 10 minutes. Go, That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And they're yeah. all like, wait, what do you mean, Mike? And you come up Old West style and sit there and talk about it like, you want to incentivize people? Take the chains off, man. Let them free. Let them do yeah. what they want. Yeah. Take that phone gun away from their temple. <laughs> you think that he cares about after call work? That means nothing to a real man. Hey, we got. He we doesn't got care phone. about your management of time. He takes the time it needs to do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. How long did that phone call take? As long as it took. <laughs> Here's the thing is I believe all this to be true. I know you do. That's I what's think, killing me. I, I believe that if you if you let people do work, nobody wants to show up. There's like 10% of the population that wants to show up and do crappy work because that's what they want to do. The other 90% just want to show up, make money, not be hassled, and feel proud of what they did. And if you tool them up and let them go, they'll do it. Oh, man, I'd love to see you actually work in a management structure in corporate America. Uh, corp- you, will, you will see that those are some skewed numbers, my friend. But here's the thing. It's corporate America has set it up. Oh, to- we're the reason? Yes, you have. You've, say- you've set it up to placate people. No, it's, I, no, I think that is true. Actually, I think the, ba- the balance starts to tip. is like when you present people with, a, uh, with an environment of which you, that you cannot actually tool them up and let them go and be right. proud of their work, uh, they will simply then try to game the system because then you've turned it against them. Right. It doesn't be. It, it ceases being something that they th- feel like they're contributing to, and starts to be something where uh, they're just trying to get as much as they can out of the out of the relationship. And so, uh, it, which is funny because uh, the vast majority of corporate propaganda is attempting to get you to do that very thing: is to take pride in your work, to care about the output. Uh, and here's for the most part, like people that have been the crappiest jobs ever, most of them actually lo- like and care about the customers. Mm-hmm. They actually want to do yeah, a good oh, job for that. someone. The whole the whole framework is just not set up. To make them feel that way, like we, like the the corporate words tell you that, and the mind frame of the person doing the work wants that, but all the structure in the right. middle actually is is uh, points at the other direction. It says, uh, "Hey, we want you to do a really good job. By the way, we don't trust you, so I need to know exactly right. where you're at at all times. Uh, hey, we really value you, uh, but then I'm going to give you something so inconsequential, uh, inconsequential <laughs> to uh, justify or to say how much I like your work. Yeah, right. And to say, look, you're the most important thing that goes on. That's why we pay you the least amount." anybody like no one's buying that <laughs> crap they're not dumb people aren't stupid uh and so like they, they don't they don't believe the words and so yeah you don't get the best out of people because you've turned them into your adversary simply by the, the structure that you have correct yeah. I, I remember the day that they dropped off that cup to my desk they were handing out cups right one year anniversary and there's like a whole roll of us and then they get to me they drop a cup the thank you thank you drop a cup and they put a cup at my desk and i say money and they say, 
They say, it's your one-year anniversary. I said, yeah, money. I don't need a cup. I need money. Can we That's give him a race? Awesome. He goes, no races. I go, I don't want a cup. I want a race. That's great. And they go, we're not giving out races. We're giving out cups. I go, keep it. Money. That's what <laughs> <Yeah>. I want. <laughs> it's, it, it's real funny, right? Like, the equipment, some of that stuff's not super cheap. And no. so it's like a it's like a white elephant gift. Yeah. Like people giving you crap you don't want. Like it's it's a pamphlet. Here, take this. You throw it away. Yeah. Like it's that type of behavior. <laughs> yeah, hey, right. We really appreciate you. Here's something you probably don't like. Yeah. Here's yeah. a here's a here's a cup with our logo on it. Why don't you give me a cup with my logo on it? That's important <laughs> to me. <laughs> you gave me a cup we, with your logo. I'm on gonna it. get a cup with Mike's face on it and give <laughs> it to him. <laughs> I'm just saying, I care about you, Mike. Thanks for everything. I, yeah. it's, it's three levels up, they're coming up with this stuff, and they're like, Agreed. the masses will think this is cool. How low do you think of the masses that think that they want a comb with the lion on it for to, to represent your company? What I mean, I, I I don't want that. I want a raise. I want money, or I want to feel appreciated here, and that cup doesn't do it, and yeah. the comb doesn't do it. <laughs> right. Well, like at the very least, you say, hey, man, you want a comb? I say, yeah, bump my pay, and I'll go choose my own comb. Yeah. I didn't ask you for, a, like, if I need a comb, the last person I'm going to send is my supervisor, Tom, yeah. to go to the Walgreens and pick one out for me. <laughs> Here's the deal, man. I, I, I'm, I'm going to talk on the other side for a second, though, because the dude that's handing out the cups usually has absolutely no power to do anything like that. And so he agrees or he or she agrees that you should have gotten a raise, but when they brought that up, they were go. They were told, "Nope, they get cups, and you're the one who has to go give it to them." And he's less of a man for continuing to abide by that. Agreed. I you want to just a cup lose his job over a cup to give no, to you? But you can bridge the gap. You say, "I set up a cup table. You want one, get one. Otherwise, I'm chucking them. Win, win." Uh, then you don't have to. Otherwise, I'm chucking them. Everybody <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> Again, Mike's black and white reaction. You either come get the cup or I'm going to break them in the bathroom. That's it. We can't possibly keep these in a box in a storage closet for the next time we roll out these cups. Mike goes, hey, man, start a bonfire with those yeah. cups out yeah. back. And what you do, buy me the marshmallows so I can roast them. It's going to be love awesome. I love the places I oh, work. Man. I, I don't like working wherever Here's you guys the deal. work. I'm, gonna, I'm going to develop a, a human resources uh, consulting business. And I'm going to come in, and I'm going to present it, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jazz it up a bit, and people are going to be like, wow, this is going to be a really good place. And then I'm just going to have Mike come through. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just going to walk in and do seminars with HR and go, everything you do is meaningless. <laughs> yeah. You are all meaningless. You are, you are literally cogs in a chain machine, and all it's doing is enslaving the American people. <laughs> yeah. Like, like straight-up Mike Panther Party walking through. <laughs> Oh, having man. these meetings. I love it's, I, I, I think this would be awesome. We should present a bunch of office scenarios for Mike to deal with. Like, oh, 100%. I'm working like, on it in my head already. Hey, uh, uh, <laughs> scenario one, you bring donuts for the whole office. Five people come to get it, and there are seven donuts remaining. What do you do? And some people say, take it out to the floor and see if anybody wants one. Mike says, you put them down in the garbage disposal one by one. <laughs> and make sure that and you tell everybody to show yeah, up on their schedule You call break. out the numbers they go. Jelly donut number two. <laughs> yeah. See? And I would have said, do you know how many people work here? You didn't bring the right amount of donuts. And frankly, these are grown men. They get two donuts per man. We should have been up at least 12 donuts. How did we end up? And who buys a crawler? Well, there ain't no 85-year-old man working here. Everybody, <laughs> hey, <laughs> crawlers are good. <laughs> crawlers are good, I'll take man. one crawler, one Danish. <laughs> I just, what I'd love to see is we're having an office potluck, and Tammy's a vegan. 
How does Mike handle the situation? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're sack lunching it today, Tammy, <laughs> because it's potluck day. <laughs> you don't want to eat what people are giving Ta- you. Sit back down. Tammy's upset that Joe brought in hamburger meat because Tammy thinks that's animal slaughter, and she's set up a sign next to it. And Joe's upset. Mike, what do you do? Yeah, fire you Joe. fire both Joe fire. and Tammy because they're messing up the office workflow. Yeah, we don't give a crap about the sloppy Joes or the lack thereof. They're, they're both take, troublemakers. Get rid of them. Take it the potluck and making it about themselves. We don't have time for this. <laughs> Mike scheduled a separate potluck for both Joe and Tammy. Yeah, at their house. At their house. <laughs> Tammy, we're doing a vegan potluck. Oh, yeah? What time? It's going to be next Thursday at two, 12 o'clock. Well, okay, I'm not working that day. Yeah, exactly. It's at your house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah your unemployment check. <laughs> we're not going to fight your unemployment. We really want you gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. All right, you're listening live from the past. <laughs> Uh, I hope this inspires you for whatever you got going on the next day. Yeah. Here's the deal what you've learned today. You need to reread Revelation with a clear head, and you need to quit that job. <laughs> Unsheat that smoke wagon. Yeah. Now's the time in the midst of a pandemic and 20% unemployment. It's time to cut the reins. Make some three-bean salad at home on your own. Live life. <laughs> Nobody gives a crap about the chili cook-off. I'm telling you right no now. No one was inspired to work because they got to try your mango Mike, salsa. Well, Mike, well, let me ask you this question. You, you ever bring anything for a food day? No. Ever. Of course it didn't. Uh-uh. Did not, you put, did you eat any of it? Not unless my wife finds out about it, and then I'll bring something. Mm. She'll say, "Hey, we should make." Yeah. Some did food. you take part? Uh-uh. You didn't eat any of the potluck food either. Oh yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call it a potluck. Because <laughs> 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 who's lucky today? I, I, I intentionally I'm didn't answer because I wanted you to answer yeah. your question. I'm in luck. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's food here. <laughs> Hey, I work here too. I can take part in this. I mean, what am I? Hey, Mike, what'd you bring? Nothing. Tammy brought that three bean salad. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be the third chip guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't making nothing. <laughs> hey, we all guy. brought ruffles. <laughs> I mean, it's stupid. They got. And there's and here's the deal. The potluck at a, at a workplace. The workplace always covers the main ingredient, right? They're always like, we're doing pulled pork, or we're doing hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff. And then everyone brings in sides. And then there's like six dudes that bring potato salad, and one of them's any good. And then there's lots of desserts, and I'm like, whatever. I, I will just eat the hamburger or the main course that the company provided, and then I don't have to feel bad. Unless someone specifically says, you should try my potato salad. Yeah, I mean, that's, mind if I do. that's what I get a lot. I actually rarely participate in that stuff. And then someone comes by and goes, hey, Ben, did you get some food? I'm like, nah, I wasn't going to do that. And like, oh, you, you should get in there. I said, I didn't bring anything. Oh, you can go ahead and grab something. And then I'm in. But look, and then I mean, I'm in luck. Ben has immunity because he waits for permission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't Wyatt Earp the place. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, I just, I wish, I, I, I seriously wish I could be a fly on the wall in the kind of HR conversations that have been had about hey, you. Okay, Buva, here's, here's, okay, here's <laughs> what we could do, uh, because no one, no one goes to the Instagram for our legit content. Uh, you could do an HR symposium, a five minute HR <laughs> talk. Of you interviewing Mike on random topics. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Life from the Path does HR with Buva. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Okay. I think it's going to be fantastic. This is going to be great. <laughs> I can't guarantee what I'm going to say. <laughs> I d- <laughs> it might be iffy at best. <laughs> oh, this is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. Okay. You're listening to Life from the Path. Uh, what do we got here? What do we got here? You want to do some advice? Yeah. Oh, advice? yeah. We're firing on all cylinders here. Okay. Hold on. I haven't even. I didn't what do you mean we're firing on all cylinders? Yeah. Does that mean it's almost time? Uh, oh yeah, that means the show couldn't be better. I mean, we've we've narrowly not let the the crowd down yet. Well, dig it. Yeah, let's bring some advice then. Oh yeah, okay. Friendship ends with flood of social media messages. It's oh, gonna geez. be great. Okay, here we go. 
Oh yeah, hold on. They want me to accept the cookies. That's how you get into that potluck. Well, did they the did they pass a law or something that said everybody has to say that they're uh, putting cookies out? Like, because every website I go to anymore says, "Hey, we use cookies," and you have that to was know. part of the the internet, uh, the big internet push that happened a couple months ago, wasn't it? The Frank Dodd. It's not what? Dodd. It's not no. Dodd Frank. No, stop Dodd Frank. The Dodd Frank. Don Frank. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. Don. There we go. Dear life from the past. I had this friend that I met eight months ago at a local boxing gym here in Chicago. Yep. What? We got. We got along extremely well and even hung out a couple of times. However, she left her job at the gym two months later and things started falling apart. Oh, she worked there. You uh, didn't meet her at the gym as casual <laughs> acquaintances. She's forced to be there like she works for Boova's Cattle Ranch. And, and then you just happen to go visit her. I met my new friend at the place they were working. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, however, she left her job at the gym two months later and things started falling apart. I started sending excessive messages on her social media oh. and she didn't like it. By the following month, she had enough. She told me I have an unhealthy attachment to her and we would go our separate ways. She blocked me from all social media and she hasn't contacted me since. Four months later, I am better, but she is still in my head. I really want to write her a nice and sincere letter and reconcile with her and have her be my friend again. I don't know that I, that I was doing something wrong. I've tried reaching out to her multiple times recently via email to no avail. In the meantime, one of her friends told me she has moved to Texas, which makes it even more heartbreaking. How can I show her I can be your friend again without exhibiting these same, quotes toxic behaviors? Guy with a wounded heart. Oh! Guy with a... Oh, no! Oh, yep. Nope. You walk away now. Yep. yep. Answer is nope. She was never your friend. Yep. <laughs> she worked at a place you went to. That's right. Yep. You are a uh, creepy Belvedere. There, 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 <laughs> there are about 15 different references that I have in my head right now of how you thought you were besties with insert person here because mm. you went to their place of work and took part. No. Nope. You're they were being courteous because they were being paid to be courteous. Mm -hmm. I sent her excessive messages on her social you media. You even called it excessive. He knows the deal. And you she, were a creeper, and Willard. She didn't like it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, but you notice he said, uh, and he said, I don't think I did anything wrong. Later then why do you on. call it excessive? Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, that's, that's, that's recognizing no. that there's a degree that's acceptable and you've crossed it. Yeah. He, well, he said, I didn't know that I was doing something wrong. Oh. That was his phrase. Well, yeah, you did. Yes, yes. you did. That's yeah, a lie. Yeah, you You're did. throwing that in there to make yourself look better in this situation. You're a creep. Yeah. Leave her alone. Now, now and he, she's moved? I bet she'd move away from him. Yeah. So, now, here's the thing. I, I, I totally understand. There's a thought that, like, uh, once you recognize that you've handled something incorrectly, there's a desire to want to rectify it. Of course. You're not owed that, though. No. Like, it is, it is not yours to have. Uh, because that is more about you than it is about the other yep. person. The other person has found resolution by separating themselves from your crazy behind. Right. Okay? So, like, they're they're fine. They're yeah. doing all right without she, you. She will not be benefited by your reconciliation at all. That's right. This is for you, and they don't owe that to you. So you're just going to have to take her easy. Uh, you do not get to uh, – you don't have any right to contact them. They've already made it clear that she doesn't want you to contact her. And so it's a no. You're going to drop it, and you're going to leave it be. Yeah, learn for the future. Don't do this again. Yeah, you come on way too strong. Absolutely, you're creepy. You're like a bad cologne. All right. Stetson? Uh, st did you say Stetson's a bad cologne? Yes. Oh, man, Stetson. that cuts deep. Yeah, it does. I Stetson tonight, even. Yeah. Really, fellas? Yeah. 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 Oh, I bought the Gentlemen. special Stetson beard wax. They say the devil drives a coupe de ville. Yeah. Gentlemen. Not my cat. You're the kind of fellas that also make references to smoke wagons, uh, so I'm not in any way surprised by the Stetson comments here. Just because I'm not popular on your scentless Instagram... Uh, doesn't mean that I don't know this world. <laughs>
All right, here's the deal. You need to text us on the complaint line and let us know whether or not that Stetson is a disgusting cologne. Yeah. I mean, I don't wear cologne. <clears throat> I don't either. I only buy organic. What? How did I know? You small what? batch yeah. lotions. I and generate my, my own musk. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely disgusting. <laughs> oh, de Mike is the worst Boy, thing that, ever. That makes what? me uncomfortable. What? <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> Why does that smell like American spirit cigarettes and taco meat? What's going on? That smells like potluck. <laughs> All right, hold on. We got to get through this. Sorry. Tegular says, you have done enough already. You have done so much, in fact, that the young woman felt she was being stalked. She has sent you clear signals that she's not interested in being friends or anything more with you. For your own sake, take the hint, leave her alone, and please learn from this experience so you won't repeat it with someone else. Yeah, that's solid advice. You're done, dude. You're done with that woman forever. It's, yep. not, it's not ever going to happen. Yep. Gone. Gone, okay. okay, here we go. Dear Live from the Path, I am 60 and my husband is 64. Yep. We lost everything in the recession. A dear friend helped us get back on our feet, and my son and husband built a home on land we purchased with our last dollar. We have a mortgage and all the bills that come with it. We have no savings, pension, or life insurance. I work 40 hours a week, and my husband is partially disabled from an autoimmune disease. My son, who is studying to become an RN, is 33. He lives with us and pays $550 a month, which pays the property taxes. He has slowly brought his girlfriend into our home, whom we like, but she does not contribute financially. I have asked my son for some extra money, and he refused. We will always appreciate how he pitched in and helped us in creating a new home. What can I do without starting a family war? So, so is, like, the girlfriend lives with you now? Is that what's happening? Yeah, so it sounds like they, the recession put him in the, in the tanker. Uh, the friend got him some money, and the son... Uh, help them build the house uh, and then moved in with him because he's studying to become an RN at 33 uh, and he pays $550 a month, uh, which pays for the property that's taxes. $6,000 a year in property taxes? I mean, that's pretty steep, but uh, all right, I get it. Uh, so at the end of the day, his girlfriend sounds like she's moving basically in with him yeah, okay. in his room. Uh, but And the, the, the wife or the grandma thinks, hey, or the mama thinks, Hey, I should be getting extra rent money for this woman. So here's a question. It's like a hotel room. Are you buying the space or the number of people in it? Space. Space. Yeah. So she did, he didn't know you nothing? No. If I have a one-bedroom apartment, and I'm there by myself, and then I let somebody else in, my rent doesn't change. Your rent is the same. Right. Correct. So assuming that the girlfriend is sleeping in uh, the son's room, which I would make that assumption, and as long... And she hasn't, I don't know, changed out the living room furniture or made any other broad moves to take the place over. Uh, you're not owed any more money. Yeah, I mean, it's not a, but she's acting like it's a money thing. It's not a money thing. Right. Uh, that, that, that doesn't all seem like it's all tied to money. The, the levels of dollars we're talking about here is it's, it's pretty high. But in either case. Now, she uh, is using utilities. <clears throat> right. Yeah, I and mean. eating the food, maybe? Well, okay. So, but, he, but he, I, I think she wants the money from her. Because, like, I bet if you ask the cause 550, one, like I'm saying, it seems excessive for property taxes. It's probably enough to cover utilities and taxes as well. Right. Because, like, if they really were that, that tight, I can't imagine whatever kind of scratch they put together to buy enough land to owe six grand a year in property taxes. <clears throat> yeah, here's the deal. I've met people that are destitute, and they don't purchase land and build a home. Yeah. Uh, so you buy you, a mobile home. Yeah. This I've lost all my money during the recession thing. I hear what you're saying. It was probably a hard hit, but, like, I know people that have no money. You are not one of them. I cannot purchase even working 
uh, 60 hours a week. I cannot purchase land and build my own home. It's just not in the cards for me. Yeah. And so, like, I find it real hard to take in that you are so destitute that uh, you're in the financial straits that you bought land and built a home, and now the 550 is not covering it anymore. That's the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a reason. That's just not it. Yeah, just say, look, uh, I, I'm not comfortable with my uh, my son's girlfriend living in our house, and I don't know how to bring it up. Yeah, that's that's the right question. Okay, so let's answer that one. Okay. What did uh, she say? Uh, what should the woman say? Yeah. Uh, look, I'm not comfortable with your girlfriend moving in here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty basic conversation. Yep. Yeah. I don't know, Ma. I love her, and I want her to stay in my room. Well, here's the deal. I, I can't no. allow it. Yeah, I just I, I don't like it. it. Makes me uncomfortable. Now, what if what if uh, what if he said, oh, "Well, then we'll get married. Can we stay here as a married couple?" Yes. Yeah. Done. Yeah. We're pretty easy to deal with here. There it is. Done. All right. Secular says it would have been interesting to know what your reason your son gave for his refusal. Continue talking with him about it. Unless the girlfriend is unemployed, she should at least pay for her food and a share of the utilities if she is living in your home. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Is she eating all your food? That seems weird. Maybe she's a big lady. <laughs> Maybe she eats a lot of food. Doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> Maybe every day is potluck for her. I'm in luck. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Tammy brought that three beans out again. <laughs> I'm going to eat all the beans. Yes, indeedy. Feed the needy. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. All right. One more. Dear Live from the Path. Yep. My husband and I have been married more than 40 years, but we have lived separately in a house and guest house on jointly owned property for the last 10. Oh. We split bills and communicate only when necessary via text. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. I am somewhat afraid of him and try to distance myself from him and his oh, friends and family. No. He has been involved with multiple women and men throughout our marriage, but when I have tried to end our marriage, he has pushed me to remain. He is currently openly involved with a woman he has, quotes, dated for many years. Several acquaintances recently informed me that the two of them are sporting matching wedding bands. I don't really care, but I don't want any further humiliation. I feel like a sword is hanging over my head. What can I do? Well, I think you should divorce him. Yeah. It's got to be more complicated than this. When she says, <laughs> he pushed me to stay. I don't think violently. Oh. I think he just insisted. I mean, say, I'm not open to your persuasion, dude who is cheating on me with other men and ladies. Yeah. And lives in a separate thing on the property. Weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, I will be getting a divorce. Now, I mean, like, uh, we, I, I get it. There's a, there's a broader conversation around. Hey, man, she may make this decision, but like, what does it? Where does it put her financially? Where does it put her? Right. Uh, you know, blah blah. blah. I, I get it. Uh, the the question is, is that here's here's I here, at least you got to have an honest conversation about it, right? Like if you say, uh, look, if I leave, uh, this this the this is gonna happen. I'm not gonna have any money. I'm not gonna have uh, blah blah blah. Okay, well, is that worth it? I mean, understanding that, like, if I can't change the scenario and you think that, that, that there's an imbalance of power in the relationship, the question ultimately that you, that you actually have the capability of answering is, is, is it worth it? Yeah. If you end up with nothing, like, you, like you, get to, well, you get to keep your job uh, or whatever, and so you got a little bit of money, but you won't be able to live the same lifestyle that you have, but you're no longer living with a sword over your head, is it worth it? And if it isn't, uh, then you're going to have to ignore what he's doing and go about your business. Yeah. Uh, and I would pray for him and send the spirit ahead and, and maybe maybe the spirit will shake something out with him because it sounds like he could use it. But past that, if if, if it's worth it, uh, then go ahead and do it and live in the freedom that uh, your lower money but no sword uh, reality causes. Hey, cause let's say, I mean, let's say that, that you, what's the difference between him pushing for this and you pushing for this, right? Like, it, it, 
this other woman's not going to tolerate this forever, I guess. You know, and so like you're right. If the sword is over your head, and he says we're going to get a divorce. You're going to be in the same pile, right? You're in the exact same situation as you were if you'd have brought it up. So, I mean, it's it's probably guess to get a move on it and 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 take a stride at it and, and get it moving in the right direction. At least talk to a talk to somebody and see what the, what it would look like, right? Are you entitled to this and whatever and how that would all shake out? At least have a a, a somewhat idea on how this is going to go before the sword gets dropped on you. Yeah, th- there's. I th- here's what's tough is that. Um, there's an illusion of lack of control in certain situations. And, like, there's some extreme situations where it's not it, – you actually don't. You don't have any control. Um, but most of the time, it's just a crappy situation, and you feel stuck. Like, I shouldn't have to leave this relationship uh, in such inequitable uh, standing, right? I should get half of whatever, and he should pay for the things that he's done and whatever, right? Um, I agree. I wish that was the case, but it's not always the case. Sometimes your reality is just harsh and it sucks. But, like, you do, do still retain some level of control. It just depends on whether that is acceptable to you or not. Like, as much as I don't like the reality that's facing you, um, it is the reality that's facing you. And so the, this is generally a question that tends to fall on ladies, um, which is, uh, am I willing to accept, is, is it better on the other side by the measurements that I care about? And a lot of times that it is. And it's gonna, it's not gonna feel like that, and and it's unfair. But like, um, it's you still you leave the job and you leave the man and you get out of the relationship and you don't stand for situations that you don't want to be in, um, even when the power seems imbalanced. Is and, and I, I know I'm making it sound easier than it is, but there is a reality that you do have more control. Um, it just it will cost something, and it's unfair that it costs not being able to have the situation that you wanted. Um, but a lot of times it probably is worth it. Yeah, I, th- I think if you're you're really worried about the uh, uh, analogy of having a sword over your head, the best way to, to get out is to move. It's just to get away from the sword. Don't, yeah. stand, don't stand underneath the sword. That's, that's yep. dumb. That's not smart living. All right, Secular says, what you can do is contact an attorney. Tell the attorney exactly what you've told me, that you and your husband haven't cohabited in a decade, that he and his longtime girlfriend are purporting to be married and wearing matching wedding bands, that you want a divorce, but you're afraid of his reaction. The lawyer can guide you from there. Please don't wait. Yeah, that's control. Control what you can, and that's a perfectly reasonable. Can we do one more? This one's super interesting. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, last one. Dear life from the past, I am a woman who has had genital herpes since I was in my 20s. (laughs) Okay. I'm single and in my 60s now. Oh, I've always disclosed that I have had it and that I treat it daily with medication that suppresses the virus. I've never infected anyone, including my former husband and boyfriends. I do not have outbreaks. I'm often rejected by the men I disclose this to. It is demeaning and painful and makes me feel dirty, which I am not. I'm tired of it. Must I continue to disclose it? I know for sure that I'm not passing it on. I haven't given it to anyone in 40-plus years. Yes. 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 100%. Yes, you have to disclose that. Yes. Here's the thing. You did something that caused you to get <laughs> right. You participated in something that got you to herp. And you uh, don't get to just hide it and then give it to other people. You say it doesn't happen. Well, here's the thing. Uh... I should know whether I'm willing to take that chance or not. Right. Yeah. On top of the fact, these, I, I, how many of these conversations are you having? I mean, I don't know how many do. You must be one foxy 60-year-old woman. I mean, <laughs> Well, it's 40 years of this, though. It may not be that frequent. I'm tired of it. I, listen, I, here's the thing. And this is I get true, tired of that after a couple conversations. This is true with a lot of things, right? Nobody likes to be reminded about the worst mistake they ever made. And beating okay. up over it over and over and over again. It is demeaning and it sucks. And you're like, man, I wish I could get past this. But some things cut deep 
and stay there. Yep. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's absolutely nothing you can do. You did a thing or you part or something happened to you. I don't know how you got it. Maybe something bad happened to you. That there's uh, it's just sad. The whole thing's sad, right? But like at the end of the day, you don't get to let other people's poor behavior or poor morality dictate what yours is going to be. And yours is going to be no matter how many crappy times that people are going to say no or call you disgusting. If you're not dirty, you know you're not dirty. So they don't get to win that round just because they say so, right? And, and if, 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 if you have a disease that you have to disclose to people and some people take it poorly, it's not people you wanted to spend time with anyway, right? And, like, these are things that I'd say to my 8-year-old daughter. Like, hey, man, look, they, other people don't get to dictate your behavior by what comes out of their mouth. You are in control of you. And you make choices, and you are going to live an integrity and honest life where if there's a chance that someone's going to get a sexually transmitted disease from you, you should tell them. That's, that's, that's only because you don't want to have uh, the slings and arrows uh, passed off to somebody else, right? If you know that the lifestyle that you've lived has caused you nothing but pain and darkness and people being mean to you, why would you want to pass that on to somebody else, an unwitting person who has no idea? Like, at least tell them what they're getting into. That's, that seems fair. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You gotta, you gotta keep telling them. I might recommend a lack of promiscuity, or like you know, maybe tone it down a bit. Marry, you know, here's the deal: marry someone that you don't have to bring it up every time. They're well aware of it. I'm sure your ex-husband you told once. You didn't have to remind him every day. No, that's true. Committed relationship, you don't have this problem. Right. Yeah, you're trying. You're trying to have, uh, in a very passive manner, conversations that are meant uh, for very, very close relationships. And so the inconvenience is brought about by one that it's a fact that you have it, and two, to say you had the conversation more than once, uh, is related to the fact that like y- there's maybe too much um, casualness in some of these relationships, of which you could just share it one time and then continue to have sex for the next fifty years, and you don't have this problem. Yeah, correct. Then it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Secular says, tempting as it is to maybe fudge the truth, I think you should continue to be honest about your status. If you lie and the person you are involved with finds your medication, the relationship will be over anyway. I don't know if you have considered this, but have you thought about dating men who also have herpes? A website that has been mentioned in my column before is hdate.com. Oh, what? If that herpes date. Here's the deal. I don't care who's on that website. I want to know who started it. What type of horn dog out there <laughs> goes, you know what? I'm really having a hard time finding other people with a herp. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to have. And I'm tired of worrying cash- about it. Here's the consequence. I'm living with the consequence of something that I've done, and I'm tired of worrying about it, so I'm just going to find other people that are also in the straits, and we're going to do this. I want to have promiscuous sex with a lot of people who also have the herp. Yeah. Your founder, (laughs) Joe Thomas. (laughs) Secular recommends going to h-date.com. If you meet someone there, you know you won't be judged. It offers a free dating service through which thousands of men and women meet. Many very nice, eligible people, people just like you, have herpes and live full, happy lives. Yeah, I mean, okay, okay, so I made fun of the H-Date website. What's a website of which this would be appropriate? Of, of similar connotation? Uh, here's the thing, is like, if... Uh, it depends on what you're trying to do with a date, right? Like, if you've put all of the weight and uh, joy... To be found in sexual relationships, if you believe that 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 is where you're going to find it, uh, then I find you you're mistaken anyway. If you have uh, cancer and you just want someone else who has cancer to talk about, to go out on a date with them or feel some companionship or uh, be able to talk to somebody that knows what you're going through, uh, I yeah, get it. 
I get it. Yep. I think that's just fine. If you're looking for someone to sleep with and have unprotected sex with that already has the disease, disease you have, so it's no harm, no foul, uh, yeah, I think you're trying to get water out of a well that doesn't actually offer water. That, I, I think that's what I'm getting at. It's like if you think that is going to be the fix to your problem uh, of, of, of whatever you're trying to fill the void with, uh, I think you're mistaken. Because yeah, I mean, think of how many relationships people have um, that, like, so that, like the, the the experience this woman has is something that has happened to her, either through by her choice or otherwise, that she has to disclose because how it can harm someone else. But like, that's only because it could be very obvious if you don't. But like, I don't know. Consider the emotional baggage people carry around that ha- that has that very same thing. You get involved with someone and they've got a loaded gun in their mind. Uh, about how they think about themselves or the rest of the world, and you don't have to say that out loud before you meet uh, them up. No, that's true. You can bring all kinds of emotional crap into a thing and not mention, oh, by the way, I write excessive notes to people and creep them out to the point where I'm a stalker. That's right. Right? They don't make that guy disclose once he walks through the door that he's a crazed fool. Right? So, I I, I mean, I can see it both ways. But, I guess. but Well, but the point is, is that, like, these are not problems that we're supposed to have. You're not supposed to have this conversation multiple times. Across multiple people. Uh, to be honest, you're not supposed to have herpes because you left you you got married <laughs> to the woman that you slept with, and neither one of you had herpes going into it, and you're good to go. That's right. They don't. T- did we talk about this before? Like where they don't tell you that in health class? I so they scared, tried to scare the crap out of me when I was in health class. Like people just got, uh, like uh, like transmitted diseases just created themselves because people were having sex. That's what I walked out of the health class with. This is I, I don't read the right magazines, <laughs> but like that's what I thought. I thought it, like AIDS just appears. Or something like that. Uh, and it took me, I mean, it probably took me a few years before I'm like, wait a minute. That's not how this works. If you if you find one person and you marry them and they don't have any of these things, you're good. You're just fine. This is not going to ever come up again. Correct. Correct. In, in, in the Lord's design of what marriage is to be, uh, you, sir, should live a happy and uh, worry-free life about getting the herp. Yeah. You ain't going to get it. If your wife don't have it and you don't have it, you, sir, are solid. No herp for you. So I mean, it's hard to wrap up an entire lifestyle and when they're asking a very pointed question on how to continue uh, doing things apart from how God designed it. And that's not, the conversation of how to accomplish uh, dating other people with herpes. Uh, we're having a hard time getting to the brass tacks because the truth of the matter is what we want to talk about is how the thing that you're looking for is not going to be found on hdate.com, right? Like, and, and all the other things that you've tried uh, to, to, to fill the, the, the crack and you're coming up with a bunch of different ways to do it, and it's never, never going to be the right way. H date. Hmm. Have you ever seen a website called HR Date, where other HR <laughs> professionals get together and bore themselves? <laughs> Actually, yeah the the paperwork to get onto the website though was just insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey-o. 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 I got you, everybody. Pretty strict application <laughs> process. Hey-o. You've been listening to Live from the Path on livefromthepath.org. Here's the deal. Our social media is on fire. I mean, it's been blowing up. <laughs> and it is not because of Mike. Yeah. Because he does things like that. On fire. On fire. I bring... <laughs> I, here's That's going to be a sound bite. When they, when they figured out, when they termed... They came up with the term influencer. They had me in mind. <laughs> right? Like... Uh, if anybody knows how to surf the social media waves, oh, it's man. me and my trusty surfboard. 
So check us out on uh, Live from the Path on, on the Insta. Uh, Live from the Path can also be found on Facebook. And uh, Frank, I'm going to start making TikTok videos. Uh, and just a heads up, you're not going to find us at Live from the Path on Instagram. You're going to find us at LFTP Show. Live from the Path Show. LFTP Show. Live from show. the Path taken? No, it was us uh, by years us. ago. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I lost the password. <laughs> yeah, we're social media influencers. The most successful possible show name we could have had, or Instagram name we could have had, was by us three years ago, and we lost the password. How do we, how do we redeem it? We I, should, it? I think I might have released it, Booba. Yeah, I would have to delete our entire presence now and recreate it. I mean, I mean I'd hate for them 10 people to get disappointed. We have 25 our, followers. That's pretty good. That's 25 more than we had a couple weeks ago. Yes, exactly. All right. I think we can dig with LFTP show. LFTP show. All okay, right. And if they, this. if they, if you, so if you do search live from the path though, um, just look for the one that has us LFTP show. So you can find us through searching for that, but that's not the name of us. So if you're tagging us in us, anything, it's LFTP show. Um, if you are following us on any of our social media platforms, uh, share any of the stuff that you see that you think is funny or you think is interesting. Um, share it to your uh, uh, followers and friends and fans uh, and tag us in it. We'd love to. to be a part of the conversations you're having with the people that are on your pages um, so that they can see some of the stuff we're doing as well. If you think somebody's going to dig on some of the stuff we put out, uh, tag us in stuff, share it with them. We'd uh, we'd love to interact with them. Yeah. Um, you know and, what? You uh, should hashtag us uh, HR problem. Yeah. Hashtag us HR problem. Send us, uh, send us bands that you like. Send us bands you don't like so we have to listen to music that you thought was awful. Yeah. Um, do any, I mean, honestly, send us DMs. I will be monitoring that and so will the other guys. And so yeah. we, you might get a Probably response. Not. You might get a response from a famous official Instagram. Yeah. If you send us a DM and, and you want to talk Slide about like, into our DM. Hey man, what are your thoughts on horse carriages? And we'll go, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Mike loves horse carriages. Yeah, Mike official. Exactly. At, at, at Mike official is not Mike, but whatever. You can talk to that guy too. So yeah, no, please interact with us. We'd love to see you. Uh, text us on the complaint line. Uh, ben, what's that number That's again? 515-517-0085. 515-517-0085. That's uh, call or text. The Live from the Path complaint line. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear from you guys. We uh, we like validation that you guys are digging on some of our content. If you've got suggestions for some of the stuff we can put up uh, or something funny you've said to us that you want to make fun of Mike, that's perfectly acceptable, too. So I'm always open. All right. You hey. can also get a hold of me on HD.com. <laughs> I probably wouldn't put that out to social media, nope. Mike. Nope. That's that's probably, it's probably a very bad idea for yeah. you and your family. So. That's heavyinfluencer.com. That's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Life from the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. We will see you HD. next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Life from the Path. <laughs>